great Odin's raven. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. With, I'll go. Hello and welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast, episode number 30. My name is Adam. Today I'm joined, as always, by Kevin. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good myself. This All week right. we'll be highlighting some of the recent film news that we, that's we that been coming out. Uh, we'll be highlighting some Amazon Blu-ray deals. We'll be making our weekly movie predictions. And finally, we'll be going over this week's DVD and Blu-ray releases. Uh, but first, as always... We're going to cover some of what we've been watching. I think I'll start it off this week. Uh, I had kind of a light week. I did too. Pretty pretty light week for me. Um, I started it off by watching Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle, the Studio Ghibli films. Rewatched those. I still like Spirited Away a lot more than Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, Spirited Away is my absolute favorite. It's just so fantastic on every level i mean how's moving castle still good though i haven't seen that one yet it's good i have, I have a feeling that i'm gonna be doing a mizaki little marathon week. yeah a little marathon going on that's kind of what i did i watched uh my neighbor totoro spirited away in how's moving castle in i think maybe three days span of three days Ooh, uh, i also I, I found out that it's totoro totoro Totoro. Okay. Totoro. And then I saw the documentary Side by Side, which is the Keanu Reeves produced documentary that kind of goes over film production as far as it kind of tackles the argument of digital versus film. And it has a bevy of directors in it. I mean, it's pretty much got the biggest names i mean he got james cameron david fincher david lynch robert rodriguez martin scorsese steven soderbergh um he got lena dunham is in it a little bit lars von trier i'm probably forgetting some but it was great it was great danny boyle did you say danny oh yeah danny boyle i didn't say him and it's really interesting i think it's definitely a must see for anyone that has an interest in film the because it really gets into the nitty gritty on how it's actually how film is obtained be it through the process of recording on actual 35 millimeter film or obtained digitally with um a lot of the new cameras and they they really get into detail i mean there's like animations that show you how it works and stuff like that. And then they kind of go over. They get he Keanu Reeves interviews all these directors. And he's in it quite a bit too. And he kind of gets. Oh the Wachowskis are also in it. Mm. And he kind of gets their opinion. On the digital versus film. And, and if film is something that should not. Should still be used and all this stuff. And. Uh, surprisingly, almost all of them have gone digital. Yes. Almost all of them. And I think, uh, isn't Nolan really the only one that hasn't? Nolan, yeah. And, and they do interview Christopher Nolan, too. I didn't mention him either. They do, they do have him on there. Uh, there's a couple others. But f- 
for the most part, they go, almost everybody's gone digital and they put up really compelling arguments for digital. They also, Hmm. I don't think I mentioned George Lucas. They have him in there as well. You know, before watching this, first of all, I didn't know a lot about how it worked because they get into exhibition too and how like digital films are exhibited and the processing, how they do like color processing and color editing with film. Very, very interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in this movie. It sounds right up my alley. And of course, I could listen to Martin Scorsese talk about film. I know. Forever. He is just such a fantastic guy. I just want to meet him so bad. He's just such a likable person. Yeah. It's so knowledgeable, too. Yeah. Like, and he knows everything about he, the history he just, of cinema and film. He just has such a positive outlook on everything. Yeah. Like, now, you, you saw this, I think you told me, iTunes, right? Yes. iTunes has this for rent. You can rent it on iTunes in HD. I believe it's six ninety nine to rent. That's not bad. Yeah. Highly recommend that one. Um, I also saw Crimson Tide. I rewatched Crimson rewatched Crimson Tide, and it's it holds up. It, it's a great movie. In fact, when I saw Crimson Tide, I probably saw it shortly after it came out, and I was like probably eleven, and I did not have the same appreciation for it that I did rewatching it <clears throat> seventeen years later. Yeah, it's a fantastic <clears throat> film. I mean, it's definitely one of tony scott's best and i didn't know this i just found this this out this week that uh, quentin tarantino actually did rewrites on the script and oh really yeah and i found that out before watching it and after re-watching it during the film like yes that's tarantino when you listen to the dialogue just how fast and snappy and filled it, there's a lot of pop culture references and stuff like you know how, how tarantino sometimes has his almost metaphorical side conversations about things like superheroes or comic books or whatever yeah there's a lot of those in crimson mm-hmm. tide so yeah, there's, a, there's a couple of people in this that i didn't realize Oh like yeah, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. I didn't know Viggo Mortensen was in this movie. Yeah, he's uh, Denzel Washington's like uh, friend in it. He's actually one of the main characters, but it's just that this is such an early role for him that you probably didn't recognize him. Yeah, Steve's on too. Yeah, he, he's in it very little, but it's got to be one of the earlier roles for him as well. Yeah, this is this is a movie I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, it's, I barely remember it. It's great though. I gotta tell you, it's really, really good. I also saw a zombie film called The Revenant. This is a zombie, as I like to call it. Zombie. Uh, yes, it's not great. I, I would skip it. What they try to do is make a zombie comedy and have a lot of zombie films have political undertones or are trying to convey a message. And this is a very thinly veiled message in this film. And it's not particularly funny. And it's not particularly good. It is well made. It's well shot. It looks very good. The special effects are 
very, very good, very impressive special effects. But overall, not really worth talking about too much. <laughs> uh, that's always good. And Chris Wilde is in it. I don't know if you remember him. Um, he had slight... he he was a yes comedic have... actor. He was in a he... bunch of stuff, maybe in the early two thousands. He's in a ton of commercials too. Yeah, and then I watched two Haneke films in preparation of our upcoming Haneke Haneke Roundtable. Yeah, Haneke Roundtable that we're going to be doing shortly with our contributor Todd. I watched The Castle and Time of the Wolf. I'm not going to get into detail on these because we'll most certainly talk about them on that episode. <laughs> I have Did- to say that I'm I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch The Castle. I just don't know if I can do it, <laughs> to be quite honest. I I really want you to, just because I uh, I had to. Now I the, know the castle is <laughs> a made-for-TV movie, German. It's in German. I don't know if it's actually an Austrian movie or a German movie. I can't. I have no idea. But it's available for free on snagfilms.com. The only problem with that is that there's when I saw it. Maybe it'll be different for you. When I saw it, there was an Orbit Gum commercial every 10 minutes. (laughs) And it was so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It was driving me crazy. And the movie itself drove me crazy. I had to take two breaks during it, and I fell asleep once. So Mm -hmm. it's a tough one. Time of the Wolf, much better. I may like that the most out of all of Haneke's films. I haven't decided yet, and I'm still kind of thinking about it. But like I said, we'll get into more detail when we do that episode. And I saw Rumblefish. Francis Ford Coppola's... Have you seen this? I haven't seen Rumblefish. This is the 1983 film from Francis Ford Coppola. And it was just one of those movies that i always saw like the cover of or whatever and i never i didn't really know anything about it i never saw it before so i decided to watch it and this movie was a lot different than i ever thought like first of all it's in black and white which judging for like all the covers for this movie like on the blu-ray the dvd and all that it's all in color so you have no idea that it's a black and white film and it, it's it got a really impressive cast. It's got Matt Dillon, Mickey Rourke, Diane Lane, Dennis Hopper, um, Nicolas Cage, Chris Penn, Lawrence Fishburne, Tom Waits, uh, Sofia Coppola's in it. Very impressive mm-hmm. cast. Well, it does sound like it would be good. I mean, it is a S.E. Hinton based on a novel. Yes. She also wrote The Outsiders, which right. The Outsiders is like an absolute classic. And and Francis Ford Coppola filmed this directly after The Outsiders. He was actually working on the script for this while filming The Outsiders, and they were filmed back to back. This is really interesting. Like I said, it's black and white, but they do have elements of color. They colorize some of the things in the film. It's got this very, very stylistic tone to it. It almost feels, when I was watching it, it almost feels like you're watching um, uh, a play. 
That's kind of what it feels like. I'm going to have to do a double feature and watch that and The Outsiders. I think that you'll probably... I was just now reminded of The Outsiders and that <laughs> movie is amazing. Yeah, I think you'll The Outsiders is better. The interesting thing about this is that it's very... It's very different from the films that Francis Ford Coppola was making back then. It was a lot more abstract. It, it took a lot more risks and it was a lot more... I guess, considered artistic or maybe avant-garde. And it it almost is like this is kind of what he's going back to now. But nonetheless, I enjoyed it very much. A lot different than I thought it would be. And finally, yesterday I watched Shut Up and Play the Hits, the LCD sound system documentary. And I liked this a lot. Oh, yeah? I'm not a big you, fan. Uh, were you? Are you a big fan of LCD Sound System, or were you? I think I like like two songs. I like a few other songs. I was never a huge fan, but I've been hearing a lot of good things about this documentary. This is also available on iTunes. It's four ninety nine to rent, and it was expertly shot. This movie looked great. My girlfriend walked in in the room while I was watching it. And she said, is he acting? Because it looks like, it looks like a film. It doesn't look like a, uh, um, typical documentary. It's just the way that it's shot is very nice. Lots of different like camera angles and things like that. And the way that they do it, it's about the, the last performance of LCD sound system before they ended And they had one last show at Madison Square Garden. Huge concert. There's like 20,000 people there. And it kind of jumps back and forth from the last performance to after, like the day after the last performance and how he's feeling. And, you know, he's kind of battling with, did I make a mistake and it's very interesting. I, I recommend seeing that. Even if you're not a huge LCD sound system fan, it's still a really good rock doc. Rock doc. Is that is that oh, like a, yeah. is that a is that a term? Like I think that is a term. Is rock that a doc. term? We can just say that we made it up. I, I hope. I, I hope I just made that up. But it's a, an excellent rock doc. Rock doc. And that's all I got. I did start to watch Michael a film that you're probably going to be talking about. I did start oh, to watch yeah. that last night. I got about halfway through and I fell asleep uh, and, I, and I woke up during the end credits. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to have to finish that. I, I think I'm like halfway to three quarters. Uh, okay. So I'll give my thoughts on that next week. Mm. So what well, do you, I'm going to, I'm going to give my thoughts now. Yeah, go ahead. Because that's what I started my week with, was Michael. And it was a tough way to start the week. Definitely a disturbing subject matter, difficult subject matter. Uh, essentially chronicles, like, I don't know, like half of a year following the life of a pedophile who keeps a 10-year-old locked in his basement. And when I say he keeps him locked in his basement, I mean he has a very elaborate system. Yes, of having this child locked in his basement. Um, Luckily, they don't really show anything to make it too disturbing, like way too disturbing. 
which I was afraid of. Uh, everything's just sort of implied and, and, when, but, he, when he abuses him. See, that's that almost disturbed me more. The I, I love the way that the film was edited from what I the bit that I saw and how they would just like do these, you know, cuts and there'd be times where they'd like show him like turning on the light or whatever. And then like going down there and closing the door and there'd just be like kind of a shot on the door. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like, you know what's happening. Yeah. And even though you can't see it, the way that they shot it was almost just as disturbing as if you did yeah. see it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that it's, it's disturbing no matter what, no yeah. matter how they, how they film it or how vague they are. Cause you know what's happening. So, um, and this is oddly enough, this sort of ties into the whole Haneke thing that we're doing because this is, uh, Marcus, uh, Schleinzer first movie. And he was originally a casting director for a lot of the Haneke films, uh, white ribbon, piano teacher, time of the wolf. So he, comes from that group and you can sort of tell through the movie that there's a lot of uh Haneke influence I thought in the way that it was directed and the cinematography and everything I, I loved the the cinematography I th- I thought it was right up my alley how it looked not the con- yeah. not the subject matter mind no. you <laughs> no but the way that the cinematography is done and even essentially like the color schemes Everything has a very cold feel to it. Mm-hmm. Just very cold and detached, which uh, makes sense because of the, the title character, Michael. It's funny because it almost goes back to what Ryan said when he reviewed Dogtooth, how he said that it looked like an old movie. And, and I'm finding that, like, when I've been watching some of these Haneke films too, it's interesting how in other countries, to me, this movie just came out last year, right? And yeah. it it looked like it was made in the 90s. Yeah. To me. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But yeah, this is tough. And I, like I was I was telling you, you know, beforehand is I don't I don't know how to rate it. I mean, yeah. it's a good movie. It's well made. Uh very disturbing subject matter and there's I don't, I don't, it's just tough. It's a hard sell. It's really hard to, to talk to someone and try and sell them on the idea that they should watch this movie. Like, Hey, you want to see like six months of a pedophile that has a 10 year old locked in his basement? (laughs) Most people are going to be like, no, I don't want to see that. I don't want, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's a difficult, difficult subject, but it's a decent movie. Nonetheless, I, I, like I said, it's his first feature, and I have a feeling that he's going to be making some good movies. So I'm going to keep an eye out for him. Hopefully. So, like you said last week, as a palate cleanser, I went with my neighbor Totoro. After watch, So I tried to go the complete opposite and just be as cheerful as possible. And this movie succeeded. <laughs> this movie was just like I had a giant smile on my face the entire time that I was watching this film. It's just so happy. It's unbelievable. And like you said, I could watch those creatures forever. 
Yeah. I wish I was watching them now. I just, like, went, if, <laughs> I just went to the letterboxed page for it, and there's like a picture of them, and I'm just smiling. Yes. And that's the best thing, is the Totoro doesn't really do much in the movie, except smile half the time. Like, that's his only thing, is he just smiles. And he I love out. it. He just stares. Yeah. Yeah, he just sleeps. <laughs> he sleeps, <laughs> stares, and smiles. And it's amazing. And I could watch it forever. It's a very simple movie. There's, Extremely simple. There's not a lot going on. But at the same time, after you're done watching it, you have this feeling of, yeah, I just saw like you know a, a fleshed out film. At least yeah. I did. And Yeah, and that's what I was saying. It, I mean... I thought about it like an hour afterwards. I'm like, nothing really happened. There wasn't much to this movie, but I couldn't have cared less. I don't care if it was just like eight hours of just Totoro walking around. <laughs> I know. And the little <laughs> ones. I like the yeah. little ones bouncing. <clears throat> and Cat Bus. Cat, <laughs> cat Bus was awesome. <laughs> cat Bus. <laughs> oh, man. I just... just all the shots of cat bus just running around the fields and through the trees and stuff. Again, I could watch that for eight, 12 hours. I don't care. And I sort of hope that they do that. I'm just going to, I'm going to counterpoint you. This is a review from Jeremy Jones on Letterboxd who gave it half a star. Terrible from beginning to end. Shitty animation, shitty voice acting, shitty story. Having to watch this movie really fucked my day up. <laughs> well, number one, I don't. I the voice acting. I don't. I'm not sure what he watched, but of course, I watched the Japanese one. So I don't know if maybe he watched like the American version, the re-release or something. So I have, I can't comment on that. But to say shitty animation, are you fucking kidding me? The animation this, in this film was incredible, and when I first saw it, I think it was last week when I mentioned it, I said, I couldn't, yeah, can't I tell. couldn't tell that this was made in 1988. It looks just as good as their new, some of their newer films, like Spirited Away. Yeah. It, it looks fantastic. And that's one of the things that bothers me, because you know me, I like the hand-drawn animation. I mm-hmm. can't stand Pixar. I don't like their animation. It just feels cold, and it's not aesthetically pleasing to me at all. I do like their movies. I just I have an affinity for hand-drawn animation. And the way they take such care in the way that they do it, and they just add little tiny things to it, you know, like they're walking through the grass, mm-hmm. and like a grasshopper flies off. You know, they don't have to put those little things in, right. but they do. And it adds something to the film. I like So their, I hate when anyone says that it's shitty animation. I like their their use of weather in their films. Like when it's raining, it just looks everything looks wet and damp. And when yeah. it's sunny, everything's just bright and it's like you can feel the breeze. It just everything looks so good and so detailed in their films. I, I don't understand how anybody could shit on their animation and i also learned that this is partly autobiographical sort of uh miyazaki and his brothers went through the same thing their mother was hospitalized when they were younger and he said that it would have been too painful for him to make the characters boys so he made them two girls Mm. 
That's interesting. And the two girls at the beginning of the movie, when they're like moving into their house, they are so <laughs> ecstatic. Yes. <laughs> they are just freaking out. Very energetic. Yes, very much so. Okay. Anything else? Uh, I got to watch Miller's Crossing last night. And we'll be, and I, we'll be coming back to that. Yeah, I got to witness Ryan watches a movie. Did you watch was, it with him? Yeah, I did. Yeah, he, <laughs> it, it was fun. <laughs> he said, okay, so he, we were going to be recording Ryan watches a movie today, but he sent me a text last night and said that he needed to rewatch the movie because he didn't understand it. Yes, yes, he was having a difficult time. I mean, it is. You got, you got to think about it. You got to think about that movie. I yeah, actually, a, I actually watched a lot it of this, double crossing. I watched it this week as well. So we'll be talking about that. And I just figured that you and I can give our thoughts because actually none of us saw Miller's crossing before. I never saw yeah. it before either. So yeah, this is another movie that was on my list that I have to see before the new year. So, and I had, yeah, I got to cross another one off, but definitely disappointing. Well, we'll talk about it on Wednesday. So tune in to Ryan Watches the Movie on Wednesday, where we discuss Miller's Crossing. And that's actually in honor of Lawless. Yeah, and which is made me feel like an idiot, because I'm thinking, like, why is he watching Miller's Crossing? And then Ryan just goes, is this because of Lawless? I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Lawless came out. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about some Amazon deals. To get these incredible deals, just go to our site at filmpulse.net. Either click on the Amazon banner, shop as you would normally, or simply click on the provided links in the show notes. First up, uh, actually, let me back up a couple steps. Before, I wanted to mention this at the top of the show. The the guys at Letterboxd gave me some more invites. So if you guys don't have a Letterboxd account yet, send me an email at feedback at filmpulse.net. And let me know your email address and your name, and I'll get you a letterboxed invite sent over. They sent me a handful of them, so we should we should try and get them on the show. Letter, yeah, I was thinking about doing that actually, reaching out to them. So, so if you want a letterboxed invite, the email address is feedback at filmpulse.net, and we'll get you an invite sent for letterboxed, which is a amazing site we talk about it all the time so yes first amazon blu-ray deal clerk's 15th anniversary blu-ray 7.99 wow 7.99 on that one wow yeah uh tropic thunder 11.88 did you see tropic thunder yes did you like it i did like tropic thunder i liked it i, I saw it in the theater and i liked it a lot and then i saw it again later at home didn't like it quite as much, but mm. it's it's still it's still great just for Robert Downey Jr. Yes. And then <laughs> finally we have Walking Dead season one, 1949 on this one. Damn. Yeah, so uh the season two Blu-ray actually comes out this Tuesday, and I guess as a result they dropped the price that the first season went on sale, so they're they're getting ready for the third season premiere, which I believe is in October. Mm. Very excited for that. Mm-hmm. All right, I haven't seen it yet? I haven't God, seen it. You gotta check that out. <sighs> gotta check no, out. Lot of shows. Dead. That's why I had such a light week. 
Watching TV. Yeah, got Dexter and Curb going on. Very nice. All right, let's move on to some news. I have a list here, so I'm just going to go down the list, and then you can add in any news bits that you want to highlight. First, I want to talk about the Videodrome remake. Yay! Yeah, now this, this should definitely be one of these. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! This is some of the worst news that I've heard in a while because I'm a huge fan of Videodrome. And a lot of people are talking about this right now. A lot of people are kind of outraged at the idea of this film being remade. For those of you not familiar, this is the David Cronenberg classic with James Woods and absolutely loved this movie. I think it's Cronenberg's best work it was violent, it was creepy, it was weird, and I don't think that they can remake it. Yeah, why? Why? Yeah, I mean, why out of... they do this? I don't know. There's no reason to remake it. Some movies I understand. Some movies I'm okay with. But Videodrome... I'm not okay with because the reason the reason that movie's so good is because of when it came out the the style that was used the director the actors I mean James Woods was awesome and um, Debbie Harry from Blondie was in it yeah this is just this is one of those things where this this movie is so much David Cronenberg that why why would you have anyone remake this i don't understand maybe the studio has sees something that we don't but they they um picked adam berg to direct it now this guy has not made a movie ever oh that sounds perfect then he does commercials which i went back and i watched some of his commercials and they're great they're really really good commercials and I do believe that this guy has some serious potential to direct feature films, but to give him Videodrome for his first one, I don't know. That's a bit that's a bit risky. And there's another thing that I don't like about it. The 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 screenwriter for the film, his name's Aaron Kruger. He's the guy that wrote Transformers 1 through 4. Oh yeah. <laughs> Brothers Grimm. Yes. And Reindeer Games. Yes. <laughs> so that's another strike. Oh, man. And if you. It's going to be amazing. If you see Videodrome, there's no way that that would. that they can make a movie be even remotely similar and have it be like a big studio, you know, mass appeal type film yeah it's just not gonna happen this is just completely terrible yeah it's terrible yeah i'm very very pissed very pissed about that uh <sighs> actually actually when i'm when i'm looking at my news things here they're all bad <laughs> i don't have any good news. yes i have one good one <laughs> um the second thing i wanted to talk about tony scott as you all know by now, passed away last week. In fact, I just found out, I think it was right after we recorded last week's episode where when it 
when the news broke. And yes. I'm not going to dwell on that. Obviously, it's it's very sad. But the thing that's really making me angry about this is the ridiculous amounts of companies that are capitalizing on his death. And this is something that I'm sure has been happening for a while, but I really just noticed it with Tony Scott. For instance, you open up iTunes, and it's like honoring Tony Scott. So I'm thinking, hey, maybe they're like doing a special where in honor of Tony Scott, they're offering his films for free or something. No, they're just normal price. And that really bothers me that companies would be like, oh, we're honoring Tony Scott by doing what? His movies were already on there. Now all you're doing is advertising them because you know that people like me are going to be like, oh man, Tony Scott, like I want to go back. I want to go back. You want to go, you want to go revisit some of the movies. I want to go back and I want to revisit some of his best movies. So you're just feeding into a man's death for profit. And that really irks me. Yeah. That's been happening forever. I just, I don't understand why they would do, do that. Like, if if they did a thing where they People were... People love money. They, if they were offering his movies either for free or, like, maybe there was a specific uh, charity that he frequently donated to or something like that where you it would be... You could rent the movie for the same price, but... Yeah, the, the cost know, half... Of, the cost of the rental would go to that charity or, or or some kind of you know scholarship fund that he maybe had st- was part of or something like that. Yeah, that I think that that would be a much classier way to handle it. Well, so, well, yeah, that'd be a lot classier move right there. But take notes. People love Apple. money. Take notes. <laughs> Apple, Apple does not listen to you. No, they don't. They listen to no one. No, they and don't. they want money. No, it's they don't. Ones. Okay, moving on. The Birdemic 2 trailer. Oh, I didn't even get to watch it because I don't think I can handle it. The Birdemic 2 trailer came out this week. It's called Birdemic 2 The Resurrection. Yeah. James Nguyen is back in the writing and directing chair. <laughs> the, the romantic thriller. The romantic thriller is back. This is a very highly anticipated sequel to what is arguably the worst movie ever made. No, I don't even think you can argue. I think it just is the worst movie ever made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Just so, terrible. Anyway, I figured it, since most of you, maybe most of you haven't seen this, I have a clip here. So I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of the trailer just so you can get an idea of yes. what what this is all about. And action. There's never been a movie made from the indie perspective. You know, the struggle to make it as an actor, director, producer, and so on. To get that elusive Hollywood movie break. And there's no fight scenes, there's no blood, there's no guts. Guys, listen, Sunset Dreams, it's not all about the main boobs and blood. I mean, you gotta have this stuff in here. To love somebody is to want to be with that person. No. Hi, Gloria. I'm Bill. I'm supposed to get 
this whole acting. I'm going home. Gloria, please don't go. I will make you a deal. Uh, you get the idea. Uh, I, I highly recommend you going to our site and watching the trailer for Birdemic 2 because it looks like it's structured the exact same way as the first one where it's like an hour of pointless crap and then at the end they have some birds, uh, a platoon of vultures and <laughs> eagles that attack. Oh. Uh. God, I love how the poster just says you asked for it. Yeah, I love that. And it looks like there's going to be zombies in this one, too. So, oh, That's good. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all the news I have. Um, I would like to mention those of you that are interested in the RoboCop reboot, Hugh Laurie announced this week that he was not going to be in it anymore. Yeah, I saw that he dropped out. Is that like a scheduling conflict, or is he just not want to be a part of it anymore? Yeah, didn't say. I would imagine a scheduling conflict, but he never. It, it was never finalized. They wanted him, and they he's been in negotiations since June, but there was no like official deal or anything. So he dropped out. I don't think that that's necessarily a nail in the coffin for this movie. I think that they there's plenty of people that they can get to be a good villain character in place of him. And it's already got a pretty decent cast. I mean, the cast has Joel Kinnaman, Gary Oldman, Samuel Jackson, Abby Cornish, um, Jackie Earl Haley, who was Rorschach in The Watchmen. He was the new Freddy Krueger. Jay Baruchel from Goon and Knocked Up. So it's got a decent cast. Yeah, I'm actually excited for this. I think, I think that it could be pretty cool as long as they keep the same kind of um, sat satire going that was in the first one. Yeah, that was why I liked the first one so much was the all the satire that was going on with that film. That's pretty much all I have. Uh, I have one bit of news here, and that is Asgar Fahadi has uh you know the director of a separation which was one of my favorite films for the last year or so has a new movie coming out and it was originally starring uh Tahar Rahim the star from A Prophet alongside uh Marion Cotillard but apparently Marion Cotillard has dropped out but she has been since replaced with uh the star from The Artists Berenice Bejo. Bujo. Bujo? Bujo. Yeah. And it's supposed to be a social thriller. But uh, it, the, all the other details are being kept under wraps. So I have to say I'm pretty excited about this film that I know not much about. But I have a feeling it's going to be awesome. You said it's what? A political thriller? Or a social a thriller? So- Social thriller. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but I thought it's yeah. I thought a separation was awesome. Uh, Tahar Rahim was awesome in a prophet. I had, I didn't get to see the artist, but everyone's saying she did a good job on that. So yeah, she did a good job. I mean, sounds I, like it's going to be a good one. It's kind of hard to tell. You can't really gauge her her voice acting. Yeah, from the artist, but her um, like mannerisms and things were on point. 
Yeah, it's going to be his uh, first French language feature. Hmm. So. I'm interested in that. I actually have another bit of news that I f- forgot to mention. The I'm looking at the box office numbers for this weekend. And the final... We're recording this Sunday morning. And the final numbers aren't in yet. They originally predicted... 2016 Obama's America to debut at number four on the box office. Uh, however, currently they're predicting it to be at number eight, which is still crazy to me. Yeah. And this, this movie accounted for 30, I think it was 32% or 34% of the pre-sale tickets on Fandango this weekend. And apparently it it employed the same kind of marketing, maybe even the same marketing company as those uh, Christian movies like Fireproof and all those. And it's apparently doing really, really well. And it's kind of scary in a way. Well, yeah. It is. It's actually now the highest grossing conservative documentary of all time. I think that's where it, that's where it gets dangerous. When you have to say that it's a conservative documentary. Yeah. Documentary should just be truth. Documentary. Exactly. Uh, you shouldn't be a side to it. Right. And I think that there's a good argument for that and for on the other side you know, some of the Michael Moore documentaries. Yeah. I think that there shouldn't be much opinion involved with, and and see that this whole documentary is all speculation, which I, I don't even understand how you consider it, can consider it a documentary if it's nothing but speculation. <laughs> like what they're going to do is <laughs> yeah, really. they, it's apparent, apparently these people looked into Obama's past and how he grew up and they're using that to predict what would happen if he was reelected for a second <laughs> term. Uh, it sounds legit. <laughs> it sounds legit. I'm sure it's going to be insanely accurate. Yeah. I mean, we all know that it's not difficult to predict the future. I mean, hell, we do it all the time when we're always right. A lot of us are oracles, so. Yeah, I mean, a lot of clairvoyance around nowadays. So, the, the former number one conservative documentary was Expelled, No Intelligence Allowed. That was the one with Ben Stein. Mm. And that pulled in, a, pulled in 7.7 million. Currently, Obama's America 2016 pulled in... 9.2 million. So it's it's definitely the number one. So mm, sensationalism. Yeah. I Gotta mean look. it'll it'll drop it'll drop off the face of the earth by next weekend, but it's still, I mean the fact that it came in at number 8 very is very surprising to me because Hit and Run which just came out this weekend debuted at number 10. Mm. So it's above hit and run. Wow. Yep. So there we wow. go. More more bad news. So are we going to do a feature review of Obama 
2016? I don't think so. Oh. I don't think so. (laughs) You can review it if you want. (laughs) Oh, God. No way. That's not happening. I'll tell you what. if If they're ballsy enough to send us a screener, I will review it. But I don't think they're sending out screeners for this. For this one, yeah. something tells me they're not. Yeah, I have a, I have a feeling that a select group of people got screeners. A very, I'm sure yeah, very. You can guess who. A they very are. specific group of yeah. people got. I, I'm actually going to look up. Let's let's just take a minute to look up what this has on Rotten Tomatoes because I'll be a 200. <laughs> percent You know, <laughs> funny as hell if it did have it. Uh, it actually has a 57 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. However. There have only been seven reviews. Wow. What's the uh, 82% audience? Which is understandable. I mean, you're only going to go see this movie. Right. It's just like... All it is is pandering to the to the people that already... It's not going to change minds. I don't think. No. No. Anyway, let's move on. Let's go over our predictions... And we didn't predict Obama 2016. We should have. I didn't know that it was going to be this uh, sort of breakout movie. That it. Let me tell you the reason that I am so pissed at this movie. It has nothing to do with the content. It's the fact that they removed Beasts of, Beast of the Southern Wild from my theater and replaced it with 2016. Ugh. And, oh, that's awful. Yeah, and my dad's visiting this weekend, and I was like, oh, oh. I was like, oh I'm going to take him to see Beasts of the Southern Wild. He really wants to see it. Thursday, oh. Thursday night, Beasts of the Southern Wild's playing. Friday, when he gets here, Obama. It's, it's gone. Obama 2016. Give me a break. Oh. Give me a fucking break. Unbelievable. Let's go over the... Uh, now that I'm all pissed off. Dude, I would be so pissed. Yeah. I'm pissed. I'm pissed off. Can you feel the rage? I'm microphone? pissed off. I want to send a letter to that movie theater. And get this. Not a, it's not just one theater, but two. Two it's theaters. It's playing in two theaters. Are you kidding me? Two theaters got rid of Beasts of the Southern Wild here and put in 2016. Uh, whatever the fuck. Whatever. <laughs> uh, 2016, whatever the fuck. It's ridiculous. All right, let's go over these predictions. We have Premium Rush. You said 61. I said 68. Actual 75. Wow. Not too bad for Premium Rush. I I think I was going to go see it on Friday, but I didn't get a chance. So I think I'm actually too pissed off. You're boycotting the movie. Too angry. I think I might go see it today. I'm not sure. Then we have The Apparition. You said 19, I said 23. Actual zero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, the elusive zero. I love it. I, I love, love it when it I too. see the zero come up. Because it does look awful. Oh, yeah. I think that looks bad, and I think that other one, the possession looks bad. The possession looks better, but I think it still looks bad. And we have hit and run. You said 66, I said 50. Actual... 46 for Hit and Run. I didn't think that that was going to be anything great. No. And finally, we have Sleepwalk with Me. 
You said 87. I said 85. Actual 84. Mm. Good week for Adam. I got three there. You got the one. Okay, let's go over what we got next week. First up, we have Lawless. This is the Shia LaBeouf, Tom Hardy, Gary Oldman, Jessica Chastain picture. What do you think about this one? Uh, I want it to be good, but I have a feeling that it's going to be in the middle. Did you see the Red Band trailer? No, I did not see the Red Band trailer. Check it out. You may be... Make it look even better? Yeah. I think the Red Band trailer makes it look better. Hmm. Maybe singing a different tune after you see that. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with a 68. Okay. I'm going to go with a 72. Mm. This is directed by John Hillcoat, who did The Road, who I, yes. who I always get confused with David Cronenberg, apparently. <laughs> I always say that David Cronenberg directed The Road. That's such an odd thing to get. It's confused. Vigo. It's Vigo. Oh, Vigo gets Because the, the road came out after Western oh, yeah. Promises. And I just assumed that it was David Cronenberg. Anyway, yeah. I think Lawless looks really cool. I'm excited for it. Next up, we have The Possession, which Ooh. we just mentioned. This is uh, starring Jeffrey Dean, Mor- Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Kira Sedgwick. Uh, apparently, it's based on a true story, which, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, look at the poster. Yeah. Yeah. If that really happened, I want to see that. I want to see a video of her. What is that? It looks like there's moths coming out of her mouth. Yeah. I want to see what it, in, the, in the trailer when the, like, the hand comes out of her mouth. Yeah, when he looks in her throat. Or, is that the possession? Yeah. Yeah, that is the possession. I'm getting that and the apparition completely mixed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they look in her throat and like you see the fingers come up. Yeah, ridiculous. Craziness. I do. I do like the idea that it's not Catholic possession movie. Yeah, it's different. I don't think that's going to be enough to save this one. Though. No, I'm no, a- it's not. But I mean, at least it's not another Catholic church uh, possession demon. Because I mean, how many of those do we get a year? Literally tens. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 20 on this one. I'm going to say uh, 12. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awful. Oh, God. All right. Finally, we have For a Good Time Call. This is apparently starring Seth Rogen, Justin Long, and Mimi Rogers. I actually don't know too, too much about this one. I did see a trailer for it. Yeah, I, I saw Two it. girls that don't like each other, and then they started phone sex yeah. line to make money. Comedy. Oh, it just looks so whimsical. What do you think on this one? Oh, it's going to be silly. Say Leia is 77. Uh, I'm going to say 75. All right, that does it for the predictions. Great movies. Yeah, next week. Really looking forward to this weekend. Next weekend is going to be rough. It's it's not going to be too good. I mean, we have Lawless coming out on Wednesday, but then on Friday it's nothing. So let's talk some DVD and Blu-ray releases. Let's do it. This these are releases for Tuesday, August twenty seventh. 
2012. First up, we have Battleship. Finally. Starring Rihanna. Oh, my God. I know that you are dying to see this on, on Baby Blue, so... I am actually going to call off work that day. That's what I recommend. And watch it all day, nonstop, on loop. I'm going gonna, gonna to say go ahead and skip this one. We gave it a 4 out of 10 on the site, which I think is very generous. Yes, that is very generous. I would go like with a point one. <laughs> so I take it that's a skip yeah. from you. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely skip this. Then we have Headhunters. We gave this a 7.5 out of 10 on the site. I like this a lot. I recommend running this one. Yes, definitely check this out. Very cool. Very cool. And it's getting a... I think this is getting an American remake. Was this the one that Mark Wahlberg was working on? Yes, he wants to bring this over. Yeah, so we may see a remake for this in the future. This is one I'm okay with. I'm okay with them remaking this. Yeah, I don't don't really mind. Because I think if Mark Wahlberg has, you know... If he's controlling it, I think that he'll probably do a good job of translating it well, and I'm okay with it. Then we have Lovely Molly. This is the horror film that we talked about a little bit ago. Uh, I recommend renting this if you're a horror fan. Kevin, I still want you to see this to see what your thoughts are on it, because although I don't necessarily think it's a great movie. I think that it might be the type of movie that you like to talk about because you like movies that could have different interpretations and make you think about the movie. Yeah, I do want to see this. So I do want to see it. That's it. I guess that's a check out for me too. Yes. Yeah. Check, check that. Cause I will be, I will be checking it out. (laughs) And we have Pirates, Band of Misfits. We gave this a 6 out of 10 on the site. If you have kids, I would say check it out. If not, it's nothing special. I mean, yes, the claymation is cool, but it's not great. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not checking this out. Just watch Wallace and Gromit. Watch one of the old Wallace and Gromit um, movies or shorts or whatever. Yeah, Wallace and Gromit is great. This is not Wallace and Gromit. Uh, and then the only other one I wanted to mention was Monsieur Lazar. We gave this a 7.5 out of 10 on the site. Uh-huh. I did not see this, but you did. Yes, this is a good film. I enjoyed it. It's a French film about a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Uplifting? Well, French-Canadian French-Canadian? Up- uh, I don't... I wouldn't say uplifting. Oh, not uplifting. Maybe. Maybe. Like a smidge? Like a smidge? We're not talking Mr. Holland's opus? No. (laughs) I mean, there's maybe a smidge there. Okay. So I mean, it depends on how you look at it, I guess. I guess for some people it might be uplifting, other people not so much. So you would say rent? For me, yeah. I would definitely check it out, though. It's a good movie. Okay, cool. Well, I think that does it. Oh, yeah. For all the latest I film so. news and reviews, visit us at filmpulse.net. We want to hear your feedback. Send us an email at feedback at filmpulse.net. And remember, if you want some letterboxed invites, or one, one per person, please, 
Send us an email. F- feedback at phonepulse.net. I want all seven. <laughs> uh, you can also call our voicemail line at 850-391-6071. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. And click the donate button. We appreciate that even more than being rated on iTunes. If you donate to us, we'll make sure to thank you in a future episode. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And we will see you on Wednesday for Ryan Watches a Movie when we have him watch Miller's Crossing. Um, Eskar Fahart. Oh, yeah, it's Monster. Eskar Fahati. Yeah. <clears throat>